I'm Sarah Connolly and today I'm talking to Mariana Voss who had to miss the Giro Rosa this year because of injury. We're going to talk about the Giro, her recovery, what's happening and what's happening next. Mariana, how are you? Hi, Sarah. Thank you. Well, I'm uh, I'm fine. Just back from a training camp uh, in Italy. Not a Giro for me, but a training camp on Sardinia. Mm-hmm. I went there still with, of course, uh, the hope to recover fully from the collarbone fracture and all went well trainings went well i could steadily pick up training and do more hours a little bit more intensity although that was still a a problem because it's hard to sprint and to use your shoulder in the right way when it's still not fully healed but i'm happy happy about how it all went and i'm back home now trying to get ready for my next race which is the bene ladies tour this week sure yeah yeah it's it's going fast already and it's now yeah just over four weeks ago nearly five weeks ago that i crashed out of the tour of britain the women's tour and yeah um, i think i've been lucky with how things uh, went in the in the weeks after i have to say i'm a little bit nervous to get back racing while others have had a zero or other races and are in full shape and they have the rhythm i'll have to come back and see how things go but anyways I'm, I'm happy to get back racing it was such a disappointment when you crashed in the ovo women's tour because you just won quick gerardsbergen and you won that in such beautiful style and it really felt that after all your problems for the last few years you were back and then you crashed yeah well yeah that's that's a sport that's bike racing and of course i was disappointed and i i really felt good but yeah those things happen and uh, it was a pretty bad crash, so I think I've been lucky with only a clean fracture on my collarbone. So yeah, that's the only thing I could think and um, try to recover as good as I could, try to train and get ready for the second half of the season. But yeah, of course, it's disappointing where you, when you're getting in a good shape and you feel good. I was uh, preparing for the nationals and then it's always sad. But yeah, a crash is never good and it never comes in a good moment, so uh, I'll I just had to accept it and I feel good at the moment. So uh, I'm happy to get back racing. Yeah. Was it difficult emotionally? I think I've had tougher moments. So no, it was, yeah, of course, at first it's very disappointing. I When I crashed and I was on the ground, I already felt it was not really good. I knew uh, something was wrong, but I wanted to finish because, yeah, you never know. Maybe I can start the next day. But coming across the finish and some girls passed me, they asked, how are you? And I said, I I don't know, I don't think it's too good. But of course, then in the hospital, uh, the x-ray was a zoological conclusion that it was a broken or fractured collarbone. And um, then you're out for a couple of weeks. And yeah, of course, that's that's a disappointment. But I think I uh, learned to deal with these things uh, over the last years. And it's not the end of the world. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Was it consolation to see Cassia and Yodoma go on to win the Ovo Tour? Yeah, well, that was fantastic. Of course, I was with them in the first three days. And yeah, it was incredible to see her solo breakaway of the first day where she took the time. And uh, well, in the end, she won the GC in that stage. And yeah, to be part of that and have that team feeling at, the, at that moment, try to keep the GC in the team uh, in the next days. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And maybe that's the reason why I was most disappointed not to be able to help out in the last two stages. Mm-hmm. I thought 
there was no chance of Cassia keeping it because while well, she is such an amazing rider, I thought that Balls would destroy WM3. It's still a little team, right? And to see how well they rode, and especially Anuska Costa chasing down everything and being such a good teammate, it made me happy, but it made me sad for you that you weren't there too. It is. I mean, those powers, they come up when you have to. When you have the jersey, just everybody gives everything for the GC. And of course, Kasia herself is a fantastic uh, rider and she did a lot of work herself. Mm. So uh, it's her win and, and mostly the solo on the first day. Yeah, that was uh, was incredible. Where other, other teams, of course, doubted and didn't know what to do. And But then when they started the chase, the gap didn't go down. So yeah, it, it was uh, really nice to see. Yeah. You've been out in Sardinia, and while you were there, you were definitely following the Giro Rosa on Twitter with the rest of us. How was that? While I was trying to watch some things of the Giro Rosa, it was really difficult to at least follow it only. But yeah, luckily we have some geeks on uh, Twitter that are (laughs) trying to get all the info that is out there and to try to make some of the... Yes, some story of the stage, but it was really difficult and it's a shame because I, of course, I have done the Giro several times and I think even in the past the race info was better, but it's a beautiful race and uh, it's such a shame that it's not out there for people to watch it, to follow it better and to see how all the things develop and now you only see the results and of course it's nice to see some Dutch riders win and of of course it's it's great to see different teams taking the win see happy pictures on the internet on the in the evenings but if you don't know what happened in the race it's really difficult to get behind that and to get the interest of the people growing but um Well, yeah, anyway, I was trying to follow it and happy that I was uh, on my Twitter and able to get some information. It was interesting because I think six of the stage winners had never won a stage there before. Well, in that point of view, it was really interesting. Giro, it was open. The stages were difficult, not too difficult. So you could see a breakaway staying away, but you could also see that maybe the sprinters uh, were going for the stage and... Mm. Even the GC riders yeah, had to take their moment on every uh, stage because you never know uh, what happened. And there were no major mountain stages. So you, you'll have to take your time somewhere. Mm. And uh, I think that's what happened already with the breakaway of three in the second day. It was really good. Different nationalities, different teams taking the wins. And of course, in the end, a de- deserved winner, a deserved podium. Mm, yeah, that podium being at... Anna van der Breger, Elisa Longo-Borghini, Annemiek van Vleuten, they were the three that attacked on stage two. And then they were the, so close to finishing the last stage as a trio as well, except they were caught just in the last kilometres. Yeah, well, then you know they're the best. And it's always good to have a final result, to have a GC or have a, have a finish with the best riders up front. And yeah, I think Bulls did a perfect job for Anna. Anna was good, but they also worked really hard to keep her nine mm. days in the position because I know how difficult it is with the pressure of the jersey. And then, of course, uh, for Elisa, as an Italian in Italy, it's always great to finish on the podium. And, uh, well, she's, she'll aim for the top step in the coming years, that's for sure. But to get second, it's also a very, very strong performance. And I think... Anamique, uh, she might have been uh, the best on several moments in the race, in the uphill, in the TT, but she made a 
a small mistake in the echelon day and lost some time there. So yeah, well, she, of course, she'll be angry on herself for that moment. But anyways, she had a fantastic ride and we uh, will see her aiming for a GC win uh, in the coming years. Yeah. Were you surprised that she missed the break on the echelon day on stage three? Because I was. Well, tactically, Alamik is always very, very smart for very good. She knows where to be. She knows how to handle her bike. So, um, yeah, it's really difficult to be sharp and focused for 10 days in a row every moment of the race. And, yeah, when you miss it and Bulls is making the pace. And I know Kasia was also there. So our team was really, really full gas. Once you miss it, it's really difficult to make up. So, yeah, I was a little bit surprised, but... I know it can happen. It's just a split second that you're not focused. I think you said once that you can't win the Giro on every day, but you can lose it every day. Yeah, you can even lose it every moment. And that's the terrible thing. And that's the terrible thing where Anna is talking about. I mean, it's it's such a beautiful race, but it takes a physical energy out of you. But most of all, it takes the mental energy out of you because you have to be there all the time. And... Mechanicals can happen, crashes can happen, and yeah, you can all even miss the break. And you want to be up there, not only for yourself, but also for your team. You don't want to let them down. Yeah, if I look at that, then it's an, a great performance from Anna and the team. Yeah, amazing. As a team owner, because obviously you own your team, how do you feel about their performance? From WM3, I'm, yeah. well, of course, we tried. First, we went for the GC with Kasia, and uh, when that didn't work out, she did, you obviously missed a break with the tree in the second day, mm. but was still aiming for a podium, then crashed in the TT, and yeah, that was actually the end of it, because, you know, it's really hard to make the time up. Then it was more, uh, well, let's go for stages, let's go for the attacks, and then you'll have to be lucky. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, they did a really good job. They tried what they could. And when everything comes together, they, they win a stage and everything is good. Now they don't win a stage. And, yeah, it's a little bit uh, disappointing if you look at the results. But I think they can be happy with the way they rode. And, um, yeah, the team is going back with a, with a good feeling. Yeah, yeah. Now... Of course, you were the first Dutch winner of the Giro Rosa and you won the Giro three times. And during this year's Giro, I was asking people about their favourite Giro moments and your name kept coming up over and over again. It was the Mortadolo stage where you just dropped Emma Pooley, I think in 2011. And one of my all-time favourites in 2011 when you were going on that classic stage with Pooley and she didn't quite realise that you were struggling on the climbs. <laughs> there are so many good moments in the Giro. What's your favourite? Yeah, it's really difficult to pick a moment because I've done yeah more Giros and it's it's even beautiful when you suffer. It's even beautiful when things go wrong. I mean, not in that moment, but if you look back, then maybe those are the most or the best moments. So I've really suffered at the Stelvio 2000 and. 10 if I'm right. Yeah. But it was great to race there with the national team and we had some plans. So that that was a moment I, I remember. But for me, I think performance-wise and, and also the best memory for the Giro uh, yeah, must be the stage of the Mortirolo. 2011, I yeah. was trying to get better as a GC rider. Um, I didn't really 
uh, focus on that before. I uh, was not good enough to follow on the long climbs. Uh, my time trial was not too good. So I really wanted to improve and, and to get better in those disciplines. And coming up to the Giro, things went better and better. I did a, a good Bira, I, I remember. And yeah, then going into the Giro, I had some confidence. But we knew the stages 7, 8, 9, 10 were going to be really, really hard, starting with the stage on the Mortirolo. Mm. I was already in the jersey, but of course, yeah, things could change on that stage. I mean, you can easily lose a couple of minutes on the Mortirolo mm. with, uh, with riders like a bully. And then, um, yeah, actually things went really, really well, and I came to the top. We catch the, the leading group, Emma, Pulley and me together on the, yeah, on the final kilometer of the Mortirolo. And then uh, I remember I, or we were attacking each other on the, on the last bit, attacking each other on the Mortirolo. It's actually incredible if I look back to that, but wow. we were. And then um, first I dropped Emma. She came back just over the top and then it was a descent down just took my lines and of course I knew I could gain some time there so I was trying to to take some time on, a, on Emma without taking too many risks because you you know you want to finish up right yeah so yeah uh, things went well from there on and then um, that must have been my best memory going over, over the Mortirola with uh, okay I've just climbed the Mortirola with the best climber in the world and um for now, uh, I might be able to win this Giro if uh, if things uh, go well. And you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And before I didn't really, I've always been a more of a classic rider with a good punch. So I didn't really, really know what I was capable of before that Giro. I was trying to go for a podium. And then, yeah, when I won it, I really surprised myself being able to do that and uh, yeah, maybe that's uh, that's even yeah. Well, I can say that's that's my biggest performance uh, in my career. Wow, I think that was the stage where we were watching on the video and the motorbike couldn't keep up with you and spun off the road. Yeah, I remember I passed the mojo and then I came down. I didn't know if I had to go left or right coming down. <laughs> So I just guessed and went left, and I was lucky <laughs> it was the right decision. Um, <laughs> Because I had no motor in front, and there were just people, yeah, along the road, not really uh, <laughs> with their attention to the race. So yeah, it was, uh, yeah, interesting. But uh, luck- luckily, I I had seen the map, and I yeah, I, I guessed right. <laughs> there have been so many interesting Giro moments. The other one that's iconic for me, but maybe for the wrong reasons, was in 2013, where you were coming in that sprint stage. And it was laps and you hit that manhole cover. And the video shows your back wheel going completely sideways. And it looked like it was going to be a massive, horrible, horrific crash. But you saved it. Yeah, m- more luck, uh, <laughs> I think, than uh, than anything else. But yeah, for me, that's not the great memory. But of course, sprinting a uh, sprint stage with Bronzini in Italy is always, uh, yeah, the adrenaline is high. And- we came next to each other in the sprint and indeed I, I hit a, a hole or something and my back wheel came up and that moment I pushed yeah, power on the pedals. Um, so my back wheel came sideways. 
Yeah. And then I clicked out of my pedal. And I don't know how, but I stayed upright. And I remember crossing the line with two emotions. And the first one was, whew, I kept it upright. And the second <laughs> was, yeah, I just missed the win. Because um, when I was able to throw my bike, I, I knew it could have been close. But yeah, of course, uh, in the end, I was more more happy to uh, to save that crash. Yeah, it was incredible. And everyone argues about whether it was your road skills, your track skills, or your cyclocross skills that helped you save it. Well, and I say it's luck. So, um, <laughs> well, of course, a little bit of skill might help, but uh, but mostly luck. Wow. Was that the year that you had that amazing stage with Tiffany Cromwell as well? It was 213, yeah. Yeah, I think for me that's a better memory. And um, I didn't feel too good in 2013. I... Of course, I was trying to keep up in the GC as well, but I already felt up front that it was going to be really difficult. So in that stage where I came in front with Tiffany Cromwell, it was a slight downhill from the start. Mm. And uh, with our team, we always had some good descenders. So um, we had a tactic to just try and attack from the gun, see what happened. And uh, it was supposed to be sort of a flat stage. Um, <laughs> and there were mysterious climbs coming up and they kept, kept going so it was a really hard stage and um, Lucinda Brandt was with me uh, in, in the breakaway uh, as a teammate and she did a really really good job to uh, yeah, to extend the lead on the on the bunch but we didn't really get a lot of time um, yeah obviously uh, because of, uh, yeah we were also treats for the GC and then Tiffany Cromwell had a fantastic ride. So um, on one of the climbs, uh, we, yeah, we came away with two. And um, she did an awful lot of work uh, to stay away. And then in the final descent coming into yeah, the last, well, actually sort of a wall, uh, but the final descent was tricky with some hairpins. And, mm. um, well, unfortunately, she crashed out because she, she would have deserved to, to race for the victory in that day. Uh, but then I was solo trying to stay clear from the bunch because they were coming. And mm. um, so I pushed and pushed. And then, uh, well, I gave everything on the final climb, short hill. And um, yeah, for me, that's also a really good memory because, yeah, when you don't feel too good and too confident, it's really nice to just try and give everything and see where it ends and um, to take the stage in that way. Yeah. And um, your descending was I still sometimes watch that video back and even though I know you're both going to be all right, there's some of those corners I can't look at because they're <laughs> so scary. Yeah, well, I have exactly the same when I look to other races, when I watch footage of the Giro or when I watch the Tour de France and I think, whoa, this is scary and dangerous and what are they doing? But I know that I'm doing exactly the same. <laughs> um, but as long as I'm alone and going down a hill i feel uh, quite safe and uh, and confident normally as long as you don't think about it right <laughs> that's true true don't think about the skinny tires and what <laughs> what can happen but am i right in thinking that with the motorolo descent you'd practiced that before because you knew it was going to be important and you knew it was your skills and that you'd practiced the descent before the stage i think emma would be happy if i'd say that because <laughs> she pra- she practiced it a lot I know, right? Um, but I, I didn't go there. 
Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Well, that just makes everyone feel worse, right? (laughs) (laughs) So there are some very special things about the Giro and we've touched on it. And one is the surprise hills. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I've I've always said from the first time that I did Giro, the road book is, is not what it is in in real yeah. and uh, i've always said expect the unexpected because the things will change i mean you'll have a a sprint on a on a different place you'll have longer stages you'll mm-hmm. have different roads you'll have surprise climbs you'll have cobbles you'll whatever but it's going to be different than you expect and um yeah sometimes it makes it nice and but it's also really difficult to put your tactics to that, to have the team preparing for things if you yeah, if you get those uh, surprising uh, actions or roads or climbs or sprints. Yeah, wasn't there one where you won a bunch of sprints, but it looked like it was completely flat and then you turned a corner and there was a big hill? Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. That was pretty funny because we were really doing lead outs with all different teams and we all really didn't know. I mean, we guessed with the team because we did some uh, on the internet, tried to find some information. And, and then I got some information from Italian riders as well. So that was good. They informed me, uh, watch out, it's going to be more uphill than everybody thinks. That was uh, nice. So I was somewhat prepared. But then we came around the corner with, I think, 3K to go. And I remember I, <laughs> I sat sort of next to Kirsten Wild. And we looked up and it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and she set herself at the side of the road and uh, yeah, we tried to continue with, with the rest. So yeah, those things, uh, I mean, it, it's funny when you look back, but of course for a sprinter's team preparing, doing the, the control of, of all the stage and then being ready for a lead out and then uh, there's surprise finish uphill. That's, uh, yeah, that's not really nice. No, and it's funny for me as a fan but it must be so frustrating for a team to not be able to prepare. But I guess on the other hand, it means that if someone in your team can put it into the GPS and you know get a better idea of it, that's good. But I do feel sorry for you. I wish it wasn't like that. But in the, I mean, in the past, it was more difficult. Now you can indeed put it in a GPS and you get more information with Google Street View, with whatever. Mm. But in the past, you weren't able. So you, you just trying to follow the road book and otherwise you've just followed the motor or the signs because you had no clue where to go. So that's changing, but still it's really difficult to get the right information on the right time. Well, yeah, you have to be flexible. So that's always uh, a thing that you have to uh, keep in mind. And that counts for every race and every stage race. And uh, you have to be flexible because things happen and things happen in, in a nice way, but also things will happen and, well, go wrong. So you have to be flexible and ready to change your mind and uh, or get your mind to the next goal and, uh, and go on. Yeah. What advice would you give to a young rider who's just starting out, who one day wants to win the Giro? How would you say to her to prepare for it or to face the Giro? Oof. Oh, that's difficult. Uh, I think it's it's really good to have done it. I mean, of course, it's nice when you hit your first zero and you want to go for the GC, but experience helps. And then, of course, you'll, you'll have to focus on your physical skills. 
but also be ready to be focused for 10 days. Don't waste too much energy in moments that you don't have to, but try to uh, save the energy and yeah, to make a difference in the most important moments. Um, mm. But most of all, expect the unexpected and uh, just see what happens. Yeah. So is it something you can't really train for the mental side of it? You just have to experience it? Yeah, I think you can tr- train it a, a little bit, but it's most of all acceptance and trying to keep focused, but acceptance of the situations or what you're in. And then, um, well, like I say, I think experience helps. So, um, yeah, of course, sometimes it's better not to know, but for a Giro or some of the classics, it really works better when you know what's coming up. The Giro in 2014, the final stage on the Madonna del Gisalo. Some people think it was controversial when it was you and Anna and Pauline against Emma Pooley and Mara Abbott riding up the Madonna del Gisalo. Now, I think it was amazing tactics, but what do you say to people who thought you were unfair on Mara Abbott? Oh, I will say they have a point. Oh, really? I mean, of course, it was bike racing and we were there with three of our team. Um, but I have to say, I'm not the most proud of that stage now. I I know Anna and Pauline did a really good job to cover the, the attacks and uh, to, yeah, to keep me in the lead, to keep the control. And well, I've, I've talked with Mara after the stage and uh, it was good to have a chat because uh, I, I didn't really feel too good with that stage. I mean, it's it is tactics and we were with three so and uh, then it's easier to to control but uh yeah mara uh, had some good chance for uh taking time in the gc or moving up in the gc and uh, it's difficult when uh, three riders of the same team try to block the road yeah i suppose part of the problem for her the way i see it is that because she doesn't have acceleration she couldn't escape whereas i think emma had seen what was coming <laughs> And had managed to escape from you all. But I guess the way Mara rides, she didn't have that explosive skill that, I don't know, Anna or Megan or Pauline or Evelyn Stevens or someone could have used to get away from you. Yeah, I remember her saying she blamed herself for not uh, not being in the position before the climb to escape or uh, or even to have to make up time in the GC um, yeah. the, in that final stage because uh, yeah, she might have been the strongest in the, in the uphill but yeah of course when you are uh, chasing somebody or when you have to make up time yeah then you have to attack and you have to get away and yeah for sure Anna, Pauline and, uh, and also if I talk about myself uh, the acceleration that's some, some strong points uh, that's more of our speciality and and especially for me, it's not the longer climbing, but if I can stay with the best and uh, if I can my acceleration and use my acceleration in the right way, I can keep up for a really long time. And yeah, for us as a team, as Rabobank, with uh, finishing there with one, two, three on the Madonna del Gisalo was, of course, uh, incredible. We had a fantastic team that year. It was also difficult because how do you get uh, the three <laughs> close to each other and yeah, how do you keep them all happy and not attacking each other? Uh, but that <laughs> really, that that really worked well. And I have to say uh, there was also our DS who uh, who did a really good job. But then 
yeah, if you if you look back to ha- have a one two three on a DC, that's uh, that's something that might never happen again. Yeah, that was incredible. That whole race. I mean, obviously, I loved it because Emma had three stage wins. <laughs> Yeah, and I was very happy for her. I was very happy for you. But yeah, that was that was extraordinary. Looking ahead to the rest of the year, obviously one of your goals was the Giro and your nationals, the women's tour, and that couldn't happen. What are your goals now? Well, there's a whole lot of racing to come. Uh, mm. I mean, with the Ben Ladies Tour is not, of course, not my main goal for now. But then uh, it's La Course, Prudential Ride. European Championships, yeah, where I really want to do well. Uh, it's a flat course, so it's difficult. I think it's difficult to make it in a break or whatever. But, of course, with a Dutch team, we always have different options. And uh, we really want to try to make those options and uh, get the highest chances as we can. So I'm really looking forward to the Europeans. And from then on, it will be preparation to Worlds. Wow. Are you racing Sweden and Norway this year? Yeah. Those are on the plan. Yeah, yeah. Have you raced Norway before? I've raced Norway the first year, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that's a beautiful race. That's going to be fun being part of the World Tour. Yeah, I'm looking forward. Yeah, As in the first year, it was uh, already really well organized, beautiful stages. And I think it only improved over the last year. So, um, yeah, it's good to be back in Scandinavia for first Europeans, then Sweden and then Norway. And then Worlds. Yeah. <laughs> I can't ask you this, but how much of a goal is World Championships? Oh, of course you can ask. Um, <laughs> it's a big goal. I mean, I want to be good and I want to be as good as possible. And let's see how good good is uh, on that moment. But um, it's going to be a difficult race. It's, it's more selective than people think, I guess. Mm. So uh, that might be good. I expect a, a strong group going into the final and... Again, with the Dutch team, we have several cars to play. And um, yeah, I hope to be one of them in the in the final. Yeah, I, c- I can see a Dutch 1-2-3 at Worlds. Ah, no. Well, anyway, we go for one. <laughs> <laughs> well, huge good luck, Mariana. I hope all your bad luck is behind you. Well, yeah. Thank you. I hope so too. But um, well, yeah, I know how bag racing uh, works and... Um, Luckily, I'm fit and, uh, and healthy again and ready to race. Oh, well, we'll look forward to watching you, I promise. Thank you so much and really good luck. Thank you. If you want to see the videos of the stages we talked about in today's podcast, go to my site, prowomenscycling.com, where I'll also have the details of all the ways you can follow Mariana Voss and the Ben A Ladies Tour, which starts on the 13th of July, 2017. As always, my cycling work is funded by my amazing Patreon supporters, who I value so much. You can sign up for the podcast on RSS and iTunes, and there are links on the website. And if you have time, please do leave us a review on iTunes to make it easier for people to find us. Thank you so much.